0: Amazing. All right everybody, welcome to another episode of the Gents Talk Pod. Today we've got a CFL Grey Cup champ, a most outsta- most valuable player. That's right. And most valuable Canadian player in the Grey Cup, Enoch Muamba. How are you, brother?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm
0: excited to have you here.
1: Yes, yes,
0: yes. I'm glad to be here. Thank no, honestly, this is this is great. Our our first
2: CFL champ. Our first champ champ. Yeah. Which is I incredible yeah it's like i feel nice knowing that like i'm you know like see if like i'm not a big CFL fan but i like CFL. but i have a couple big buddies that are big CFL fans yeah. right so in the season be like oh you got the man <laughs> you got the man right <laughs> so uh, oh. so let's start there how does it feel like when you hear those words
1: you know what because of my journey um and, and you know we're gonna unpack it all um today but because of the journey it just feels uh, amazing to have reached, you know, the pinnacle. Um, it's been a while. It took a long time. Um, funny, funny fact, you know, because a lot of people meet me and they say, man, look, you you, you play so well and you look like you are meant to do this. Funny thing is, I didn't start playing a game of football until I, I got to high school right mm. and before that i was a huge basketball guy my, my father was a huge athlete so you know the genes i guess trickled down but um the second of three boys played all kinds of sports volleyball included you know basketball was my favorite but football wasn't until high school and um since i started in grade 10 at that since i started never ever did i win a championship in football, mm. so, so this is my the first, first championship. Oh, yeah? So, like, yeah. first, oh, this is cold. this is deep. That's this dope. is it's super deep. Nice. So, nice. you know, um, uh, overwhelmed with emotions to answer yeah. your questions. Yeah, well, you showed a lot of emotion when you won. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. You, you let it out. I did. So. I did, and 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 that's the reason why, right? I didn't particularly go to the beginning of everything, but the reason why I was so overwhelmed with emotions was um, because of the journey. You know the journey was um, was a difficult one. It was tough. There was highs, there were lows. But at the same time, once you reach that pinnacle, you kind of exhale just for a little bit. And um, the biggest thing, if you know, uh, it was well documented, and a lot of people saw it as well. I've, I've been meeting so many people since the breakup, and you know, I go to Raptors games and Maple Leafs games. MLSC kind of invites me to go, and uh, as I'm maneuvering into the arena, you know, stop, take pictures with you know some fans and. Uh, first thing is like people always talk about man you made me cry enoch and then like some i'll meet people who are like listen my husband never cries but that was the first man thank you and i'm like i, I guess you're <laughs> welcome but people don't realize you know hey look uh, i always look around i go what about that, that interception that was clutch <laughs> you know can <laughs> you we talk about foot, that yeah. like but we don't talk about that and people talk more about you know the emotions at the end of the game Um, My wife, you know, has a background in healthcare, and and, you know, in the health space. And uh, she always talks about the reason why is because you connected with them with the amygdala, you know, the back of the brain, Mm -hmm. which is responsible for their emotions. And so it's just amazing how um, I was able to connect with so many different people because of my emotions. And again, if you watched it, you'll notice that, you know, my my daughter, who was helped by my 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 brother, uh, she ran on stage my older brother who lives in houston flew down to the game to catch the game he said i wouldn't miss it but he you know he was the one who brought my daughter down from upstairs in the box to all the way down and you know put her on the stage and my daughter ran straight to me and when i saw her it was a culmination of all the emotions and i hugged her and i tell this to people when i hugged her it was really an, a hug that was symbolic um, and, and I was re- when I was hugging her, I was really hugging everybody that played a huge role in my life. And there were so many people that helped me tremendously, that you know, encouraged me, that challenged me and that, um, you know, helped me to get to where I got to, and I hugged her, and I was felt like I was hugging all of them, you know, mm. starting with my wife, who wasn't, you know, right then and there. There, mm. she was making her way down with the other two kiddos, um, but you know, she was, you know, I was hugging her. I was hugging my previous coaches, my coaches that kind of got me into football. I was hugging, you know, my former teammates, my former coaches. You know, at the pro level, and and, and you know, my close friends—those are the people that I was hugging, the people that were there, but also that weren't there. So, you know, it was just overwhelming emotions. Wow, I want to be hugged like that one day. <laughs> that sounds like a good hug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Well, that's incredible. So, tell tell us about this journey because you're a man who's obviously lived a life. You've had stints in the NFL. You've had stints of, with various teams. You're, if I'm not mistaken, picked first overall. So that comes with a ton of expectations, a ton of pressures and sort of the highs
1: and lows.
0: Share some of that with us,
1: man. So I can't even start with, um, with the, the first overall pick without talking about, you know, my high school days. Like I said, I talk to people all the time and I tell them about the fact that if you want to be great, it starts with the dream. It starts with a vision, right? And, um, the beautiful thing about dreaming is, and the vision that you can set for yourself is that it's free, right? You Anybody can do it. Yeah. And so I've always dreamt big, and when I used to play basketball, and, and that was my love, and that was my, you know, everything for really at the time, back in high school, and even pre-high school, I used to want to be in the NBA. And that was my dream. Hey, listen, people look at me now and they say, man, you know, you're too big to play basketball. But look, I have some friends that I, I have a lot of friends, you know, back in high school. If you talk to them, they'll tell you, you know, was pretty good. I yeah. was pretty good. Now, um, like I said, my dream was to be in the NBA. And uh, obviously that didn't happen because I kind of changed the course. But it was because I was listening to the people that were around me and the people that kind of. Um, you know, nudge me in that direction, in the direction of football, that is. And uh, I picked up the game of football, and I didn't really love it. I didn't really love it. Like, if you, if you know basketball players, if you know any basketball players, and if, if any of the listeners are basketball players, I apologize in advance, but basketball players are soft. Right, let's be real. And I used to be, I used to be one. But basketball players aren't, aren't the toughest, and and that used to be me. So when I first picked up a football, um, I didn't love the game of football. I didn't understand it for one. Um, I didn't, I didn't like the physicality that comes with the game, and uh, beyond that, just you know, I, I just felt like it wasn't for me. But the the beautiful thing is, I stuck to it. Uh, you know, I was encouraged by again my my coaches, my parents, and my brother, uh, who also started along at the same time as me. And uh, you know, I just stuck to it, and it wasn't until you know a, a couple of years later, when uh, my high school coach who introduced me to uh, to football. He actually coached me in basketball as well. You know how it is in Canada. They, they <laughs> it's, the the same it's the same guy. Same. And he's your math teacher yeah. too. And he, <laughs> actually, <Yeah. laughs> he taught me. He coached me basketball. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, look, you should try for football. So I didn't even know if it was, you know, he was telling me to do that because of his own benefit, because yeah. it would benefit him, mm-hmm. or it was because he really th- I saw something in me. And so he, he, he you know, ultimately kind of, you know, nudged me in that direction. And I followed, uh, I followed suit. But the beautiful thing was that he actually ended up getting a uh, promotion to – to coach at the university that I ended up going to, uh, St. Francis Xavier out in Eastern Canada. Okay. And uh, he had gone there himself. And so he gets the promotion. He becomes a defensive coordinator over there. And uh, he says, Enoch, um, you got another year left, but I'm coming back for you once you graduate. um, You're going to come to X. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not playing football, uh, you know, at the college level, uh, university level. And I'm like, you know, let it go. And sure enough, I played another year. And I'm speaking about not being tough, I remember vividly my second year of playing football, I, I hurt my thumb. Um, it was pretty badly jammed and really slightly broken, so I had to wear a cast, and that was it. It was the second game of the season. That was it. I didn't play anymore, but I still had the <laughs> basketball mentality, the basketball mindset, whereas now, literally, like, if you're watching, oh, like damn. you'll see my hands are broken. Ugh. I mean, I have some fingers that are broken. <laughs> this one is the worst, but yeah. this one's also broken. This one's messed up. But the crazy thing is, guys, is... I played with this. The, the, the day that this one got broken, the my pinky got broken. I already had my middle finger broken. I had two interceptions in that game. My point is I kept playing. <laughs> my I kept playing. <laughs> yeah. But back in the day when I had the different bit yeah. mindset – I didn't even play anymore. I missed like six, seven games in the rest of the season. Yeah. And so anyways, the more I played, the more I started falling in love with the game of football. And, uh, uh, truthfully, it wasn't until I got to my second year of university that, um, you know, I was like, you know what, this is something I could do. Right. Um,
0: was it just skill at that point that you were looking at yourself and you go, okay, I'm actually good at this. Or was it
1: mentality? I, I can see a future. Ooh, in okay. Let's dive into it. Uh, so, I commit to Saint FX, right? Mm-hmm. My coach had predicted that, and uh, by the time I'm leaving universe high school, at that point I have a little bit of experience in football. I still don't love it, uh, but I can see it as you know a way, a path that I can I can take, and if it's going to help me pay for university, why not? Sure. And so um, I decided to go along with it, and at this point I'm doing you know a few things that were kind of. Uh, give me a little bit of exposure. I still didn't play enough football that a lot of the big name schools and especially the schools down in the US would kind of know about me, but I did enough that some would. And so I did a few visits in in Canada, Laurier in particular that I was close to going to, McMaster was really high on me, um, Bishops in Quebec City, uh, a few other schools, and FX was one of them as well. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I go to FX in Nova Scotia, I have never been there before. Um I get there. My older brother was already there. So I knew kind of some of his friends, some yeah. of his teammates. The familiarity. And there. it was very familiar. My coach was there yeah. and he knew me very well. He knew my coach. Uh he knew my family very well. Obviously, having coached my older brother, but also he knew my, my father very well. Um uh, there's lots of stuff that happened in high school. He had to be really close to me <laughs> and my, my my you know, my family. But you know, so going there, I kind of realized, hey, look. I know I'm far away from home in Nova Scotia, but it feels like home. So I chose to go with that, um, that school, and, and, and I ended up there. I remember like it was yesterday, my first year in university, I barely did anything. If you look at the stats, I don't think you see anything. You might see a bunch of zeros everywhere as far as statistics. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember like it was yesterday, sat down at a table. We went to play our rival school, St. Mary's, in a playoff game. We lose to St. Mary's. And uh to be honest with you, I was, I was pretty content. I was happy. I was fine. You know, I, I know, you know, you're young. You tell yourself, hey, you got so much time. And so the head coach, who I wasn't familiar with, the head coach, though, comes and calls me down. We're at a restaurant before we headed back to Cinevex. He sits me down and he tells me, Enoch, I'm going to build this team around you. I'm going to be like, what is he talking about, right? And uh sure enough... You know, I just nod and agree to what he's saying, but I didn't believe anything that he was saying. And so I go back and I tell the core group of guys that I hung out with. Those are all guys who were my roommates. There was about five, six of them. One of them was my brother. And they were all from the GTA. Mind you, like one is from Ajax, the other one from Rexdale, the other one Oakville, mm. a couple from Mississauga. You, you got to remember, when you're in Nova Scotia, so far away from the GTA, if you're from the GTA anywhere remotely, like you're, you're from the close. same place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we had so much in common and so we had a really close bond and the the, the cool thing was that they were all older than me. And so um, I trusted them quite a bit. Learned and, a lot of lessons uh, from those I guys. I learned yeah. so much from them. I learned so much from them. And so I go to them and I say, hey, look, coach said this. He said that he wants to build a team around me. And they all go, well, of course, I would too. If he didn't, he'd be stupid. And I go, I don't know what, what they're talking about. And uh, sure enough, you know, my second year or the offseason, the season, the, 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 the summer before my second year um, of university, it was probably the hardest that I had ever worked when it comes to training, when it comes to just working. Um, you know, I had to get, you know, I developed so many different skills that I never even knew were important to becoming successful, not only on, a, on the football field, but in life in general. Right. The discipline, the, the importance of work ethic and, um, you know, just understanding what matters. Mm -hmm. And this was in the off season, right? There's no games being played. Mm -hmm. And these guys were challenging me, you know, when when it comes to athletically speaking, they were challenging me throughout the whole course of my, you know, my time at CNFX. Athletically, academically, spiritually, you name it, they were really challenging me. And so um, oftentimes I talk about my success, I bring it back to those days because, you know, it's pivotal for me to set that foundation to, you know, propel me into, you know, where I've gotten to. But my second year in football, at Senevec, sorry, it was, man, a blur, you know. Whole bunch of tackles, whole bunch (laughs) of plays on the field, but at the end of it, too, the reward was right there. Mm -hmm. Now there was, you know, all-stars. I I became an all-star. I was nominated for best defensive player in the country. So now you're on the map. Um, Now I'm on the map. I'm on the map, and... I told myself, like, man, look, I, I can do this. So, if you want to ask, like, when did I start to kind of believe that this could be a possibility? It was probably my second year. So, that's when you take mm-hmm. it seriously. You really put in the work and you're going forward.
0: 1,000%. So, at that point, is the CFL sort of in sight for you? And was it something that you even wanted to pursue? Or was it something like the NFL? The main goal. Can so I, I asked t- that. Sorry, I asked that because there's a lot of athletes in Canada that I've spoken to who still see the NFL as the main goal, and with no disrespect to the CFL, they say, okay, well, if it doesn't work, I'll go to the CFL. I don't know if that's a mindset thing or if that's just a
1: reality of the hundred percent. Like the reality of the situation is this, right? Um, the NFL and the CFL are two top, you know, football leagues in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, NFL being at the top because of the magnitude of, you know, the business that it is um, and then it being in a country where football is king. Right. Mm-hmm. Football to the U.S. is what hockey is to Canada. Sure, mm-hmm. Right. And the reality is, yes, you if you really want to say, hey, I'm aiming for the top of the top is 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 the NFL. I mean, there's 32 teams teams in the NFL. There's nine teams in the CFL. But. Mm-hmm. Um, competition what a lot of people don't know competition ocho cinco um chad johnson recently spoke about that and he talked about he played at a high level obviously in the nfl and ended up coming to cfl as well for some time and he talked about how surprised he was about the level of competition that he found when he came to the cfl so competition wise it's it's really up there um but back to, to, to to answer your question my second year i wasn't even thinking professional yet i was just thinking look i can do this you know repeatedly and so in my mind I still have two more years. Um who knows what's going to happen down the road. The sky is the limit. But at that time I told myself, man, look, this 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 is doable. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about taking that next step at the pro level, it wasn't until my 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 senior year, right? And again, all the accolades were kind of ramping up and I got multiple All-Stars again. You know, you name it, they gave it to me the awards. And that's when I started to think about the next step. And I was like, listen, Um, and and to be honest with you, it wasn't even me as much as it was the people that were around me, right? The people that believed in me, the people that really spoke life into me. And so they came to me and they would tell me, hey, look, you know, listen, you're the real deal. Um, At times, I didn't believe it really. But sure enough, you know, they were telling me this over and over and over again. And, and, And I truly believe that that plays a huge role in, Um, somebody's success and so uh, yeah when I started to think about the pro level I started to think about the NFL I got an agent uh, by the name of Jonathan Hardaway um, who actually passed a couple of years ago Um, I really wish that he was able to kind of see everything and again you talk about the overwhelming of emotions like he was also one of the people that I was thinking about at the pro level you got to remember like there's so many people players that um, you know sign with an agent and by the end of their first year, they, they fire him because they can't trust them. They don't yeah. believe in him. And, and and so that happens all the time. Like, it's very common that you sign with an agent and you fire him. My agent, I never find him. I never fired him. And as a matter of fact, I actually referred him to so many different guys because I trusted so much in him. And he, belie- he was one of the guys that believed in me. Mm-hmm. And so my older brother, the year before I leave Cinevex, he... And uh, another one of my roommates who was older than me, they get drafted in CFL. They go to the um, the BC Lions. And so, as I see this, I said, oh, well, I can definitely do this. I got one more year. Mm-hmm. Let me do everything that I can do, and I could possibly do that as well. And, uh, you know, the NFL word kind of bounces off every once in a while. Somebody says it, it's a possibility, that could happen. Um, but I get with my agent, who, uh, I get connected with through a former Defensive Player of the Year in the country as well um, at the collegiate level, and he introduces me to his agent, Who and he was playing in the NFL. He was playing for Kansas City Chiefs. His name is Corey Greenwood. He played at the University of Concordia, and Corey introduces me to his agent, and uh, long story short, Jonathan ends up saying, listen, you had an amazing career, um, but take your time and look around, make sure... I'm the person that's going to be for you. And I loved it because at the time, like every agent that was after me or that wanted me to sign with them, you know, they were just telling me everything that I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. It's typical. And so once I did my due diligence, he does he does it as well. He says he tells me, hey, look, let me do my research, even though I can see all these things that you've you've you know, you've achieved. Uh, Let me do my due diligence as well. So he calls around talks to a bunch of you know um, CIS at the time coaches and uh, finds out about you know who I am as a character and everything and he only hears great things And so the next time we speak I commit to him. He commits to me the rest is history But the moment that we started to talk he he was telling me about hey look You're gonna go to the NFL you've done enough um, and I've seen enough here are the next steps and so he kind of laid out a path and uh sent me to the u.s to go train before the combine in the cfl and uh you know from there it just took off and funny 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 story 2011 if there's any true nfl fans do you remember what it was in the nfl what 2011 i don't know it was a year of the lockout Oh, that's right. And so I'm I'm leaving, you know, the collegiate level.
0: Yeah. You're about to go in. I'm about to become a pro.
1: My agent is well connected in the NFL. He has a few clients in the NFL. And uh, you know, he says you, you got what it takes. And lockout. sure enough, there's a lockout. I mean, if I was born a year before, or a year <laughs> after, it's a completely different conversation. I mean, yeah. I'm out of camp, possibly even at the NFL Combine. Um, yeah, I mean, I get invited to to uh, you know a team's camp, completely different, literally. Mm-hmm. But I was born nineteen eighty nine, which made it so that when I'm leaving high, a university, it's twenty eleven. Yeah, and so um, so you you get
0: to a point now where it was in twenty eleven where you got drafted first overall. That's right. And then I think it, what what was it? A, f- a handful of years later, you had a stint with Indianapolis. That's right. That's you right. For what is it? A year and a half. Year and a half. And then you got cut. Yep. Walk me through what's going through your head in that moment. Because for all intents and purposes, you went the route of the CFL, you got to the NFL, you played, and then you got cut.
1: A lot of guys don't recover from that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's challenging. Um, But at the end of the day, to me, I kind of always had a – a plan and and my plan and my goal specifically when I entered the professional realm was I began with the end in mind and I had a lot of mentors. I had a lot of guys that I knew who were playing at the next level who were telling me this all the time. Like, Hey, look, don't just come to play to play play, but also develop off the field, play and grow in different ways. And so I always did. And and even my first three, four years as a pro, I always try to do different things. And so, um, I'm not gonna lie. If I, if I, you know, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said that it was easy. It was, it was simple. You know, after the, you know, getting released in Indianapolis, I felt like I was, I belonged. I felt like, you know, it, it, it you know, that's where I needed to be at. But I think I had a good enough understanding of what pro sports was about to kind of reframe the situation. And it's one thing that I had to learn to do really early on in my career, where you know, you got to reframe it in order to motivate yourself, right? I believe in intrinsic motivation and how important that is in order to move forward and, um, you know, set a new goal, right? And so when it happened, it was tough, but, you know, it was after an injury. And I'm talking to my agent. My agent was super positive too. He was like, hey, listen, don't worry about it. You've done enough. Um, Will either find another team to get you on 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 a roster, or worst case scenario, which is a really good situation, you have literally every team in the CFL that that wants you to go on there. But we're gonna take our time. And so, as 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 sad or as bad as it sounded or it may have been, um, and as much as of of uh, you know a, a hit to to my confidence as it may have been, at the same time you know, the alternatives were still decent and were still well. And so that's what I kind of looked at, and I try to focus on the positives and and what could potentially happen out of that situation, and um, that's how I was able to kind of recover.
2: Nice. Interesting. So, my question is for you. When you're, like, you're talking and... Sorry. (laughs) uh, When you're saying about your hug, right, with with your daughter, do you usually... Like, I just find, like, in sports, it's the only time it's okay to show emotion mm-hmm. is really like on a big win or like a big loss, right? So like in personal like do you still get to be able to show that emotion? Do you think maybe that's why it was so heavy that time, like on a regular day, something normally happens?
1: I have three girls, right? Our youngest is uh, Congrats. literally, <laughs> thank you, five months at the end of this week. She's going to be five months. And newborn, uh, extra yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like in the middle of a season. <laughs> I was, was gonna, gonna say, that, well, that I need happening. a trophy for that. <laughs> but uh, where? where, where
2: oh, go finish. Go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, our oldest is four and a half. She's gonna be five in next month. And our our second, our middle child is uh, uh, two. She's turning two uh, at the end of this month. And so, three girls. I grew up with three boys. I'm mm. the middle of three boys. And it's a great question because I had to really adjust um, how I deal with my emotions with my daughters, mm. right? I grew up with boys, and yeah. it's like rough, 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 fight, fight, fight. Hey, let's play competition. You know, testosterone here and there. Like, everything is comp- is competitive. You know, we watch sports all the time. And then, you know, now I have three girls. And our oldest is the one we communicate the most with. She's just teaching me how to... Um, deal with my emotions in such a different way like even Mm. when i get i get i love my daughters love them love them to death but even like when I, i i get mad or or you know at something that she may have done and i and i tell her hey look you're not supposed to do that she is super emotional herself but she'll start to cry and then you know and my wife is amazing too because um you know we're just learning as you know newly relatively new parents how to kind of you know, deal with our our, our 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 kids, and specifically specifically me in particular, I am learning to listen to her emotions, our daughters, mm. um, more than just the things that they do, right? And so sometimes all she wants is a hug, and it's not the yelling, it's not the talking, it's not it's it's just a hug. And so I say all that just to say though, to answer your question is, um, all around I'm pretty I'm pretty. You know, I wear my emotions on the sleeve. Mm. I mean, when I got married back in 2017 with my wife, I was extremely emotional, too. That was a long journey, and it was a long process. Um, there was a lot going on in my life. I was going from NFL to CFL and everything, and we had been together for some time, and so we finally get married, cried, mm. <laughs> you know, and I didn't realize this until recently. My sister in laws the one, you know, You cry all the time. All the time. (laughs) As you're crying saying (laughs) (laughs) But I don't I don't one, I don't mind showing my emotions, but two, I think that it's important. And three, um, you know, it's just, you know, who I am and, and I think it's a great question that you pose because I think that so many people feel the need to hide their emotions and I don't think that it's healthy. Why? I think that hiding your emotions, covering your emotions, you're 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 not getting to the root of a lot of different situations and things that you may have experienced or may have um, encountered, right? I remember, this is not even long ago, maybe a year ago or so, when my wife and I had a deep conversation about men crying. Mm. We went to watch, it was like one of our first date nights after our second. We went to watch King Richard, um, the movie about Serena Williams, Venus Williams and the uh, the Williams family. Um, we got invited to the premiere. We go, we watch it, and I just found myself crying. I'm watching and I'm crying, but the reason for that was because I was putting myself in, you know, Richard, the dad's shoes, and I was seeing everything that was happening, the injustice and, you know, the challenges and the the prejudice and everything that was happening with the Williams sisters, and I just felt all the emotions in the world, but my wife and I remember, we remember talking about it and, and she was super encouraging and she was like, listen, like that's great that you're able to cry like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was one of the moments that I really realized, hey look, there's nothing wrong with it. And as a matter of fact, I feel like it's, it's, it's important. To be able to express your emotions, I think that it allows you to see yourself in different ways, but also dive deeper into who you truly are. And um, I think that there's a misconception out there that says, "Hey, look, if you cry, especially as a man, especially as a black man at that, that you know you're weak." But you know, I've grown so much over the years to realize that vulnerability is strength um and um people don't really see it like that all the time do you find that in
0: in professional sports particularly football that there's still a toxicity in terms of men showing their emotions because they're showing emotions like the matthews point where on the field you can show emotion and somebody will say yeah that's a passionate player i like that but then the minute you're off the field, if you're showing emotion, because players go through the ups and downs, right? Some days you're performing, some days you're not. You don't know if you've got an injury or a season might be cut short. Those are all raw emotions that boil to the surface. And a lot of men, they they, 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 they suffocate that emotion from coming out. Do you find that that still exists too often, particularly in
1: football? I, I think so. Um, I think so. But I also believe that, you know, those are things that are taught, right? Those are things that are taught, and to me, I really try to use every single experience in my life to try and teach, you know, another person. Um, One of my life's model is literally, my wife and I, we say, we either grow or help grow, right? And so I try to do that even through my career. Um, And as I was, you know, I've been going through my career and everything, you know, I see how my life and my career kind of merge. And to your point, a lot of times, it's funny because I told this to my wife recently, too. I told her, hey, look, maybe like two, uh, not even two years ago, maybe like beginning of this season, middle of this season. I told her, man, do you know something funny? And you can never repeat this. And (laughs) And she started to laugh. She said, what? I said, I feel like I act when I'm on the football field. And there's a a couple of reasons why I say that. I said, I feel like I act when I'm on the football field. She said, really? Are you kidding me? She was laughing about it for maybe like three weeks straight. Mm -hmm. But, you know, on the field, I'm known as this intense, you know, fearless leader. Um, You know, almost no emotions, but very much uh, someone that loves connection. And I think one of the reasons why I feel so comfortable being who I am on the football field, I think has to do with maybe the amount of success that i've had and and i'm i'm not ashamed about you know who i am and i think that some people who may not have had the success or the accolades feel like they need to suppress it in order to not be looked down upon which i'm completely against but i encourage that i really do and and i try to connect with a lot of my teammates um, beyond the game of football and i find you know over the years, you know, I've been pushed into leadership positions, and I found that, you know, that really allows me to get the best out of my teammates, right? When they know that Enoch cares about me beyond what I do on the football field. And so it's been, you know, an amazing journey, and I've grown so much. And the game of football has grown so much, has allowed me to grow so much on the field, but I have everything that I learned on the field, I apply to my life. Right, and uh, I I tell the young guys all the time, I say, guys, look, when you come and play football, specifically at the pro level, one, it's a business. Two, it's going to take so much from you, like so much. How so? I mean, I'm talking about sacrifices. There's... Christmases I remember at the beginning of my career like there's Christmases holidays that I've spent away from my family. I mean you sacrifice time, you sacrifice you know literally people. I had one guy that I loved when I played in Indianapolis. His name is uh, Dave Thornton and uh, he was actually taking care of the players over there. He used to say this one thing he used to say guys and he had an amazing career himself. he was a linebacker but he used to say, hey look, I left so much on that field and he used to be like very serious about it. he's like I left so much I mean flesh blood some bones and he had multiple surgeries and he'll show you like you think my hands are bad like he has broken hands one hand's pointing left it's supposed to go straight and you know he had multiple fract uh, surgeries like ribs and knees and hip and you name it right and that's what he talks about and this is reality and it's the truth and football takes so much from you um physically tangibly um and things that you can't even account for but it takes so much from you, you have to be able to get something out of it. And for me, I always tell the young guys, you have to be intentional about that. And it's only when you're intentional that you can gain from it. And if you look at me as you know, as Enoch, the one who, you know, started playing a game of football back in high school or continue playing a game of football in university, completely different guy. The fact that I can sit here comfortably talk to you guys and have this conversation and talk in front of crowds and, and do the different things that I do now it's because of the growth and evolution that I've experienced through the game of football right? but I've also been intentional on gaining from the game
0: so let me ask you a question there, you, you, you dropped a little nugget that I thought was very interesting football takes a lot from you physically and in ways that you can't see, there's a lot of criticism in general around contact sports, mm. whether it's football or hockey even basketball to some degree, soccer they hit a ball with their head often Are you concerned at all with the impacts that a a physical sport like football has on your brain and just your body in general, like your physical health,
1: not just short term, but long term? I think that, you know, when you sign up to play the game of football and, you know, the other physical games and, you know, like that you mentioned as well, rugby, hockey, you, you understand the risk that comes with it um it's part of the game but Sorry. and i don't mean to be insensitive at all at all when i say this but the game of life has a lot of risk involved as, with it as well um and when you talk about the game of football and what it can give you when you're intentional about it man to me again like i'm a living proof i'm a completely different human being and i don't think i would ever would have played it i would ever would have became who i am today if i didn't experience what I've experienced within the game of football. thank God I've never had any serious injury like I've had surgeries mm-hmm. um, but nothing um, serious when it, when we talk about our brains when we talk about you know concussions and, and things of that sort. Um, but I do know it is a risk. you know it's the reality of the situation but when I look at the what I've benefited from from the game of football, you know I have so much to be thankful for. That, um, you know, it's the reality of the situation. It's a risk that is involved with it. But I'm happy with what I've been able to get out of it. And, again, you guys, all my, my teammates, the young guys especially, I'm an agent. Like, that's what I do. Like, I always tell them about be intentional about what you can get from the game. You know, forget what it can give you. Um, you have to be aggressive and go get it. You know, how have you learned? What You know, how have you grown? What have you learned? Um, you know, even when it comes to like networking, the platform that it gives you, you know, beyond the X's and O's, beyond the wins and losses, like there's so much that it offers, but you have to be intentional.
2: When you're setting your intentions, do you set them up verbally, like to yourself in the mirror? Do you write them down? Combination of all of them?
1: Combination of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm a deep thinker. Um, I live my life, I don't know who else does this, but I live my life literally almost like I narrated it in my head. I don't know if I'm the only one. I don't know if everybody does. <laughs> okay, It's like but a movie. I, I know, yeah. Like a movie, like a book, <laughs> yeah. Audible. You know, like I've really literally narrated my, my, my life and um, a lot of times I'll pause and then I'll think about, okay, well, what's the next step? And I'll kind of think about it. You know, like I said, I, I'm deeply in thoughts with a, a lot of different things and uh, from there, I'll, I'll write it down and I'll discuss it with the people that are closest to me, starting with my wife and then the people that I trust um, that are close to me. And, uh, you know, I go from there. But big time, big time, you know, it starts with the thought. You know, I don't think that anything can come up or anything could be created without the thought first. And so I'm very intentional on the things that I think about. You
0: reached the pinnacle that a football player could achieve. Right. You won the, the Grey Cup. I don't know if you have intentions of trying the the NFL again but you said you've reached the pinnacle. Oftentimes you hear stories about athletes who once they've, you know, finalized their career. I'm not saying you're anywhere near that. You're still a young man, but once they've gotten to that point in their life where they've either achieved the trophies and the winnings or they're closer to retirement, they often tend to struggle with what they're going to do next mm. for the rest of their lives. What comes to your mind when you think of
1: something like that? First of all, I'm, uh, I'm a young man off the field but I'm old man in the locker room which is right? such an interesting concept it's to me the, all the time. funniest thing in the world yeah. like literally like there, I have teammates that call me grandpa <laughs> I kid you not <laughs> uncle yeah. I kid you not I mean I'm born in I'm the last of the best. Born I'm the last in, of 89. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you're, you're I'm not ashamed. It sounded like you going to say I'm out <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, born, I'm born in 89, yeah. so I'm born in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. Last of the
2: best. That's what I yeah, say. Yeah, it's a great decade. Don't 100%. let no one tell
1: you different. 100%! It's the best decade, to yeah. be honest. And everyone that wants to argue with that. We, we could talk about it off, off air. But, <laughs> listen, I'm born in the 80s. I'll say it like that. And now I'm playing with guys that are, like, born in 2000s right so it's crazy to me to think one like again it, 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 I realized the, the 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 longevity that I had in the game because one of the reasons why football you know not a lot of older guys play in the game of football or, or, or last so long is because of the turnover and um, how, 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 how much a roster changes on a year to year basis and so I realized how long I've lasted but beyond that man, I've just been enjoying the journey, right? I've been enjoying the journey, setting new goals, um, you know, never really becoming complacent or too satisfied with the new goals that I've reached. And the biggest thing, though, to answer your question, is that, again, I think I had the right people around me at the very beginning. And I was able to start with the end in mind. And so I've dabbled in so many different things that... um, i was i'm super confident where i'm headed to if i'm done playing the game of football and i've been saying this the funny part is i've been saying this for maybe three years three four years because i've been so ready for the transition that um you know if i'm done if i've played my last game i'd be okay and to be honest with you if i retired last year i would have been okay as well Um, good thing you didn't I I i was actually close funny story I was actually close and when i was contemplating you know um retiring actually not last year two years ago because uh my mother-in-law we lost my mother-in-law who um after we bought our house um here in the gta my wife and i we had uh, our oldest uh we moved her in our basement finished the suite and everything so she stayed in our basement but the the important thing about that is that when I knew that, hey, look, if I'm playing in Montreal, which I was at the time, I'm not home all the time, but my wife has the help with the person that she's most comfortable with, sure. right? And so losing her was pivotal, right? Uh, a pivotal moment in my life just because um, not only we lost her, it was, she, you know, she was the closest person that my wife was was with, Um She was like a partner, business partner. She was a close friend. She was best friend, really, and they did everything together. And, you know, loved her to death. She loved me as well. But so losing her, it it was tough. And one of the decisions I had to make was, you know, hey, look, I actually want to come back home. And Pinball, who is the general manager of the Toronto Argonauts and has been a mentor of mine for years, contacted him, and we've often talked about working together in football. And so, you know, that was a possibility, but huge thing was that i was actually it was either a i play for toronto or i retire and at the time i would have been okay with retiring i remember uh, you know sharing that with uh some of my close uh people in my circle and they were like no you're not you're not done yet you know you're not done yet don't do that so like i think a lot of other people were having a harder time with me retiring than than i was um it's interesting so are you retired now i'm not retired are you going to retire? i'm not retired because, i may or may not
2: When not retire at the top, you know, do like the, the John L.A., just retire. You're like, ah, I'm good, told y'all, you know, <laughs> or or you could do the Tom Brady and retire and just keep going. It's just, right, I still just got keep it. everybody so, like, on edge,
1: it's, <laughs> yeah. But look, it's it's still up in the air, it's, it's still up, up in the air. Up up I got decisions to make, no, not even for that. Mm. As much as to be honest, man, the last three four years has been more about giving back. Giving back to the game, giving back to my community, giving back to, um, you know, my country of birth, um, giving back to the people that I, I work with, the young guys. Like, I, I just love, I enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. And the game of football provides you with such, such, a, such a platform that you can do that at a high level. Um, and I don't think that's going to stop when I retire. But at the same time, I'm just, you know, looking at my all my options. and um, Is coaching an option? Man. Would you want to? A lot of people are telling me I should, and not to to my own. Horn, I think I would be a great coach. Yeah. Um, I feel like I you have I to love, be a very articulate I, as a coach. I love. I love. Like I said, I love giving back, and I love spending time with guys. Like one of the reasons why my coaches right now, if you ask my defensive coordinators the last maybe three, four, or five since I've been like a vet and and, and a leader on the teams that I've been on, they'll tell you they they love Enoch. And one of the reasons is because I spend so much time with them, mm-hmm. and I realized one thing: like coach, a coach is a player that can't really play anymore right so i spent so much time with them i think like them Mm. and so when i think like them i act like them as well and i literally coach up a lot of the young guys like i'll stay after practice and i'll coach up a guy and i'll come in early and i'll coach up a guy and you know i don't have an issue doing that Mm -hmm. but i don't know if coaches in my future a lot of a lot of mvps aren't coaches i don't even know if it's that as much as it's (laughs) the fact that again we talk about the exchange between player and the game of football. Yeah. I just feel like I've given so much time to the game of football that I don't know if I'm willing to commit. Cause I know myself too. I'm going to be, you know, putting in the time and yeah. coaches, people don't give them enough credit. These guys, I mean, put up with a lot of crap. They put up with a lot of crap, but they put up so much time into the into like prepping for games. People don't know how much it takes to prepare for a game. It takes so much time. Like some of my coaches, I know, like they go home sometimes for like two three hours and then go back to work, right? If we come back from like a game in BC and we fly back home, um, we play a game like say seven o'clock Eastern time. It's already ten o'clock here. By the time we fly back, it's like four a.m., five a.m. I've known, I've seen coaches when I've played on the east, you know, in the Eastern Division, who literally we landed and it goes straight to work, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm, I'm just not willing to put in that work, that much time anymore in football. One, if when I call it a career, but I would, I would still be willing to be a, a general manager. I would, I'd love managing. Mm-hmm. I would love, um, not that it doesn't demand that much time, but. Coaching wise, I think it's so much more restrictive. But general management, um, I love media, so I would I would get involved with media as well. Um, I would still stick around in the game of football. Comment, I want to see this. At all or any, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Cause yeah. That, that's
2: that's that's been like the new route too. That I love. I love when you get actual players, absolutely, that are commentating as as much yeah. as you're good at. It's just better to hear a player talk about it. I don't know because just understand. No, absolutely, they just and then you they, trust they and believe yeah. it even more. Yeah. But
1: yeah. I, I want to touch on this thing. Like you asked a great question. You talk about, um, am I afraid of of, of a retiring or am I afraid of of you know post football, which I think is, it doesn't get talked about enough, which is why I've been on such a, uh, you know, campaign to always bring this up to guys. And then you know, I think also the pandemic was a blessing in disguise because it forced. A lot of the players to be like hey look if football isn't there what am i going to do right um how am i going to transition what 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 else am i really interested in what else am i passionate about right which are things that if you're not forced to sometimes it's hard to do on your own and so i like i said i'm fortunate i was fortunate enough to have the people the right people around me to nudge me into that direction and to think about those things And I've been able to do that, which is why I'm so confident. So two things, two reasons why I'm so confident in, you know, retiring and transitioning is, one, the mentorship that I've received over the years and um, the work that I've also done. Right. So it gives me the confidence to be able to be like, hey, look, if I'm done, I'm done. Right. And and I'd come to terms telling you guys literally two years ago, maybe my wife and I talk about this all the time. Like we were, you know. We had come to terms with, hey, look, you know what? I'm maybe I am Charles Barkley. <laughs> you know, maybe I can have a great <laughs> a great career and never won a championship. <laughs> you know. And some people throw around the hey look, like, you might still you man, you are so good. You you still a Hall of Famer and I'm like, eh, yeah, so no, no, maybe Demarino. not first ballot if it does happen, but you know, you don't have a championship. You can still be a great player. Right, but at the same time, I had so much confidence again with the work that I've been putting in over the years. But there's one particular instant I was in Indianapolis, right? And um, again, like I'm a man, I'm a man of faith, I grew up in a church, right? And uh, I remember like it was yesterday, I was um in Indianapolis, you know. I signed a contract with the Indianapolis Colts. People have no idea. We skipped through this part, but I had an injury my very first year, my very first game. Not even game, actually. First, first preseason game as a professional athlete within, with the Winnipeg mm. Blue Bombers. Mind you, we touched on it. I was drafted first overall. Yeah. Talk yeah. about the expectation from yeah. the media, from the fans, People start from calling you a my teammates, like that. Yeah. from my teammates, from my coaches, right? Preseason, I get tripped up by a guy, gentleman by the name of Rico McCoy. I'll never forget it. He Number five, he went to University of Tennessee. <laughs> I'll never forget it. He was a linebacker, fellow linebacker, and he went and he, you know, I'm running down special teams and he cuts me off. My teammate, mind you, mm. my teammate, he cuts me off and trips me. I fall, land on my knee. My very first serious injury in football, right? Again, thumb is nothing. But my very first season, before that it's been sprained ankle, sprained shoulder, yeah. all things you recover from without having surgery, micro to my knee and I see the doc say, hey doc, doc says, hey look, you're done for the game. I say, coach, I, I, doc, I, I think I'll be fine. He says, no, 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 try and run right here. And I try to run, sure enough, yeah. I'm limping. I'm like, okay, cool. It's preseason. There's another preseason game, and I should be fine for the season. He says, okay, well, typically this this injury is, you know, with good rehab. Um, you'll be out for about four to six weeks. I say, ah, four to six, okay. And it's going to pass. I get told anything from a doctor, two to three weeks. I come back in a week. You know, I feel like I'm invincible. Mm. He says four to six. I'll be back in two. Again, mind you, like, I know how to work hard, and I've never been allergic to hard work. And so I tell myself, hey, look, Whatever they're going to tell me to do, I'm going to do that times 10, right? And so, sure enough, I end up missing half the season, which is a a CFL season is 18 games, nine whole weeks. He said four to six, right? You want to talk about mental challenges that you have to experience beyond the pressure that comes with being drafted first overall, right? Even after the sixth week, especially, because first of all, you get to week five. and I'm like, dang, I was expecting to be done. You know, back on the field by week three. By then, you're in. You're just itching to itching. Yeah. But you think
2: but that's you because like you over training because you do everything I'll do times ten, right? Right, but but, but but
1: but it was it was like okay. So if they say it's not necessarily just the work itself, but it's like I'll be diligent right, with yeah. everything that I need to do. If they tell me to ice it, because a lot of times people say like, it'll like, it'll be be like the average person, like right? Saying, right. Like, no, I'm going to do everything they yeah, say, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to be very meticulous with everything they say. So if they say like ice three times i'm gonna do it absolutely right yeah. so that was really what i meant excuse me but so i m- i missed nine weeks of the season but at this point i gotta get on the field but i've missed so much time that now the first overall pick is just starting to play and i'm not even really involved on the defense i'm playing yeah, special you're not teams in game shape. you're not in game shape people yeah. don't realize you're not in game shape and so now i'm struggling already and and I'm just trying to get comfortable at the pro level. Man. Drafted first overall, mind you. Yeah. Fast forward, we end up going to the Great Cup my very first year as a rookie. Mm. I don't play too much on defense. I'm maybe on a couple of packages. I play special teams. But we lose that game to my brother at that, my brother's team, <laughs> the BC Lions. So we lose, and uh, I tell myself, hey, look, I got to get back. Off-season training again. I come back. My second year is even better. Um, not to take too much time on it, but I become a starter finally. And then the rest is history, but I get to Indianapolis and I remember, you know, having a lot of attention from a lot of different teams. I go and I do workouts and they all give me good feedback. And I finally end up choosing, um, out of the 19 teams that I, that, that called, I chose Indianapolis. I go to Indianapolis, you know, I do my physical, which I did with standard. I did with everybody. And uh, the doctor there says, oh, "Okay, well, we see your history because everything's documented." Sure. They see the history, and he says, "Hey, look, um, you you should probably do a surgery, uh, a scope on your knee, just to clean it up and to make sure that you last the duration of the season." I go, okay, well, if you think it's fine and that's what that, that's what I need to do, then let's do it. And so I end up getting the surgery, um, and it was tough recovering from. That was my first surgery ever, mm. and uh, it was hard, you know, recovering because you know you, you got to remember like. You, I knew how fast I really was, but I couldn't reach the speed. I knew how quick I was, but I couldn't be as quick. Um, and it was a new style of football, a new game of football. Down south is four-down football. I'd never played it in my life. And I'm in the meeting rooms, like, looking left and right, and I'm lost. Whereas I get, you know, the rookies that year who were coming in, they were younger than me. I already had experience at the pro level, but these guys are rookies coming out of college in the U.S., but they understood the they game understood it, yeah. way better than me. I'm a linebacker. What you need to have, one of the best skills that you can possess as a linebacker is the ability to um have instincts. It's all out the window when I don't know what's going on or yeah. I can't I don't know what to expect with a new game. And so I remember being in my hotel room in the middle of OTAs, um, which is the organized team activities with the NFL team, and I was defeated i really was mentally i was drained um and it, it was just super challenging i tell people all the time and i started to doubt myself and i'm being real right i, I started to doubt myself people think, "Hey, look yeah this guy won the mvp won the trophy he's so confident i bet you he's never that's the truth i remember at that point like it was yesterday i was doubting myself i was questioning the fact that you know do i even belong here and all at the same time while my phone is Buzzing out the window because everyone, all they see is Enoch you know, Mormon signed a contract with the Indianapolis Colts, but don't really know the details. Yeah, they don't see right? what's going on behind So the big thing yeah. is, like, a lot of times people see things from the outside looking in, they don't understand what's truly happening, right? Comparison is such a, a thief of joy, and it's so hard, like, people have to be conscious of that, right? That's one thing about that story. But the other is, I remember being at my lowest, at my like, at the bottom, rock, rock bottom. And I remember uh, thinking to myself, or I, I, this is what I actually did. It was actually ten. Like this is what I did, and and this is back to to, to your point when you're talking about what kind of thought process you know person I am. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, look, I know that I'm faster than I'm moving out there. I know I'm quicker. As a matter of fact, I know I can learn faster than. The way that I've been I'm a student of the game. I'm a student of life. I know I'm better than this And so I had to literally convince myself of things that I knew were true to be that were true to myself That were true about me But it was just hard to believe and so what I the next thing that I did was I wrote those things down It was about five or six different things. I put it on a piece of paper. I stuck it on my wall In my bedroom, Do you still have that paper I don't have the paper, oh. but the story is oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's all that you need. <laughs> so I, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Matter of fact, I might be able to find it, but <laughs> I wrote it on a piece of paper. I stuck it on my wall in the bedroom. Literally, every time I'd go before I go to sleep, take a nap, I would see it. I took the same, uh, 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 the same things that I've written down. I wrote it down on another piece of paper. I stuck it in, in, a, in the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom. One, two, I see it. I put it did another I did it again, I put it in the kitchen. If I'm cooking anything, I'm putting things together, I see it. did it in the living room if I'm relaxing, watching TV, just sitting down chilling I see it literally everywhere. and the last one was like right outside right as I'm getting outside of my room in my hotel room, I would see it as well. and um, every time I would see it, I would read it because there's so much power in speaking things, right And so when I knew that and I would do it over and over and over again. And I encourage people to do that all the time. Like, what are your goals? Write them down on a piece of paper. You know, write the things that are true about you, even if you don't believe it right now, right? Do it. And, and it helped me tremendously to get out of the hole that I was in. But one of the biggest things that helps me when I think about my life after the football, um, I remember this was like was a crazy spiritual experience that I, you know, I don't often talk about. But it gave me the confidence that I have today about retirement and moving on from football. And I remember laying down and I was praying and just laying down, and I remember deep down like hearing like, you know, even people that say that they, they believe in God, people that, like, I know me, and I, I think I'm pretty strong in my faith, I know me. Like that was the, the one time, that I, I believe God speaks in different ways, but that was the one time I actually heard his voice, like heard it, right, and um it was one of those things, like, it was, I was so confident that I heard it, right? Um, and I heard, the voice that I heard, and it was like, man, Enoch, as much as you've accomplished, and I haven't even talked about this to anybody before. Actually, my wife knows, but publicly. And, and, and this is the voice that, this is what the voice said to me. As much as you've accomplished within the game of football, and at the time, mind you, like I told you, I was at, at a huge high rate. Accomplished so much in the CFL already. No breakup, but accomplished a lot and um you know i'm at i'm in the nfl i shouldn't be there but i'm in the nfl and um as much as you've accomplished in the game of within the game of football you'll do far greater outside of the game that was all i needed to hear yeah. and i knew that i knew that i knew that i knew that that was true um for me and so ever since then to be honest with you from that point on if mm-hmm. they had said, like it, it actually it was Incredible. a breath of fresh air yeah, yeah it was almost like monkey off my back because it was like it was almost like at the point i was like look if i retire tomorrow if i get released by indianapolis tomorrow they think hey look man this guy's not who we thought he was i was like man look if i gotta retire i gotta retire there's so much more and better that's ahead of me i'm excited for it right so i've had that confidence for years now and so when, when I come into a situation like two years ago, and I'm like, ah, maybe it is time for me to retire. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm flirting with that retirement. You're doing it from a clearer mind. Clear mind. Yeah, You know, I have ultimate peace in my heart, in my soul, and, uh, you know, I feel really good. And I hope, and I my, my hope is that more athletes um, can do, and I don't think I'm perfect, but. I hope that more athletes can also be able to transition with that much confidence um, as, um, you know, I feel when I think about retirement. And one of, you know, my mentors, Pinball, he often talks about this. He calls it the greatest gap in life, the uh, the greatest gap in sports. The moment where you are at the peak of the peak, the most comfortable that you've ever been within the game that you play, specifically football. From that point, that point to the moment you have to transition it's a huge gap that a lot of athletes struggle to fill and struggle to move on to the other side and so um it's a huge challenge but you know you do the right things you do the work for yourself and you dive into different things and i think that you know athletes are able to do that
0: incredible you know well oh, this was incredible thank you for sharing your story and your journey and it's it's always fascinating to see the man behind the accomplishments the glory the fame that comes with all of that all fantastic things to achieve in in one's career and lifetime many of us don't even come close to something like that but to be so humble and to to share that journey is incredible so thank you for doing that um but speaking of the the achievements, you've got uh, a couple of achievements with you here today <laughs> yes. that we wanted to, to feature. Yes. We got these guys over here.
1: They could, somebody dubbed them the Twins. The Twins. The so Twins. I got the okay. Twins. I got the Twins with me.
0: So this one's the, the most valuable Canadian, the Grey Cup most valuable Canadian. And that one is the Grey Cup most valuable player. Mm-hmm. So you got these two bad boys right over here.
1: Yeah, man. Where do you yeah. keep them? What do I keep them somewhere in my office? Yeah. You know, um, to be honest with you, man, like it's amazing. But the and, and what I'm about to say is, that I actually shared this the very last meeting we had with the, with uh, the guys, and I tried to tell them this because I I believe that the best things in life aren't things, right? You're um, talking about that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Talk about the ring that we're about to receive. Talk about the trophy, the Great Cup. Talk about these trophies. I think that is the journey that is so much more important than the destination. And what I shared with the guys the last time we met before everyone split, you know, guys that had to go to the U.S., guys that went back to Canada all across the, the country and, you know, the the others. What I shared with them was that I hope, my hope was that this past season, this past year, the best thing that happened to us, I hope that it wasn't just the Grey Cup. I hope that it wasn't just the ring that we're going to receive. And for me, it wasn't just these two trophies, right? There's so many lessons that I've learned, and one in particular, I know, I'm sure we're running out of time, but people, you know, who know and watch the game, they'll talk about the moment after the game, but you watch the game, if you want to talk X's and O's, people will say, man, you know, you had a clutch interception at the end of the game. Like, man, we needed that. If you really watch the game you'll see like in the third quarter i dropped an intercept one of the easiest ones that i could have had in my career and i've done it multiple times it's a simple thing that i do all the time i have pretty good hands even if my fingers are broken <laughs> i can catch a football yeah. that's one thing i can do but i dropped it for whatever reason and no excuse is necessary right but i dropped the football I was devastated if you watched. I like I literally hung my head down. I was like, "Man, I couldn't believe it. I'm in the biggest platform ever. I have a chance to contribute to winning the Great Cup, and I dropped the interception. Run to the sideline my deep, my linebacker's coach, Kevin Iben. I said, "Coach, my bad." I felt like I let the whole team down. I should have intercepted that. As a matter of fact, Winnipeg actually scored on that drive. If I had intercepted it, that's 7 yeah. points off the board. Mm-hmm. I get to the sideline, my coach said one thing that was amazing. And you need to, need to, you have to, you have to choose your circle, right? Um, It's so imperative. We talk about the power of life, the power of words. Um, Literally, life and death is in the power of the words that are spoken into you. And I get to the sideline, my coach, I said, man, I'm so sorry. Man, I can't believe I dropped it. He said, you know, don't worry about it. You'll get the next opportunity, He's. I kid you not. I was mic'd up in the game. It's gonna come out at some point. <laughs> CFL is working on it, but it's gonna come out. I get to the sideline. I was devastated, and every other teammate will come by and say, "Knock, nah, just get the next one. Knock, nah, get the next one." Now, mind you, I didn't know I would get another opportunity, but I believe that if it came, I was gonna be ready. Mm. Sure enough, he did it. it. Upcoming. you ready. Here's the <laughs> culmination of everything that I'm saying, and I and and if if you remember one thing that I said. Remember this because I, I truly believe that we talked about our thoughts, we talked about the mindset and mentality. And anything that you do in life, beyond the game of football, beyond sports, if you have the right mindset, doesn't matter what your goal is, you're gonna achieve it, right? Regardless of setbacks, you have to have the right mentality. And this, is my, this has been my mentality, if this has been my secret, put it out there i don't care I'm not i'm not i'm i'm not one of the people that's going to keep everything for myself i love i love sharing my you know the things that i've done and this has been my secret for a long time and a lot of my coaches fall in love with me because i apply this to my game beyond that i apply it to my life but here it is and i tell this to myself and this is the approach that i always have with games right i tell myself you make the rest of it the best of it and it's, I love that quote, never read it anywhere, never heard it anywhere, literally came up with it. But it's extremely versatile, right? It doesn't matter what you're doing. You make the rest of it the best of it. Mm. If I'm talking to students, I'll talk to them about, hey, look, sometimes you come across a test where, man, a question is messing you up. But make the rest of it the best of it. You messed one up, so what? But you're talking about an athlete, whatever sport you're playing, first quarter, you mess up. A lot of times people get, hung up on that mistake that they may have done yep. can't shake it can't shake it and it messes up the rest of the game mm. it messes up the rest of your day if you even if you're a doctor if you're a engineer i don't care what you do you make the rest of it the best of it if you can adopt that mentality that mindset I promise you man mm. you're gonna take steps towards your
0: goals i love that Brother, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate This was inspiring. <laughs> this was. Uh, time flies. Time flies, yeah. <laughs> but good, honestly, man. this was inspiring. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank, thank you for sharing man. Really your journey. It, man. And uh, whatever you do decide to do, uh, you got fans for life right That's here. So right, and uh, we're cheering you on every step of the way. We're excited to see the next step of your journey, whatever that ends up being. And yeah, man. Let's, when, uh, when do
2: you have to make an announcement when you're retiring by?
1: Man, I'm going to take my time, first of all, But like, when do you have to let like, the I, last day? To be honest. Training camp? Training camp is absolutely last last, but uh free agency opens up in February. Okay. And uh, I'll probably make a decision before then. Okay. So okay. mid-February or so, I'll, okay. I'll probably okay. have a decision. <laughs> take your time,
0: do your thing, reflect, do what you got to do. You got an amazing head on your shoulders, a lot of uh, thought goes into everything you do you're very meticulous and i love that it's nice to to speak to an athlete who thinks that way because it really highlights how athletes are not one-dimensional like Mm. they get a lot of rap for there's Mm -hmm. you know a lot of athletes are very intentional in what they're doing so Mm -hmm. thank
1: you brother i appreciate it man thank you guys for having me man man. it was a pleasure and a blast this was great thank you everybody appreciate it